All right, coming to you from New Richmond, Somerset, Wisconsin. This is Filmology. I'm Megan, and this week we will be reviewing Captain America Civil War and Keanu. Uh, I'm Nick Weninger and the Average Man Review, and uh, very excited to be here again. Thank you for the dweebs lending us their recording studio. It means a lot to us. Yeah, my name's Tyler. I'm back again. What's this, the third time now? Third time? Yeah. Third time? Yeah. 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 And I'm a newbie. My name's Tiffany. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy to have you. We're a little short on our usual crew today. It's been a fun week for everybody at work. So we uh, what do we? We lost the captain and also the <laughs> what would we call Andy? The buccaneer. He's like the jester. Yeah. But in like pirate terms, would he be like the guy that's on top of the mast or something? He's the swinging guy around. The He's the guy that we tie to like the mast. When he's misbehaving, yeah. Oh, yeah. and we like throw stuff at him. Like, oh yeah, he's dead to us now. We're not even gonna talk about him. He's, he's tried to skip missed. twice. Yeah, so, he's, yeah, and he succeeded in missing it twice. Yeah. Our two movies this week: Captain America: Civil War and Keanu. Let's start with Keanu. And it's gonna be okay. You're right, Clarence. I want you to meet Keanu. No. <laughs> oh my God, that's the cutest guy I've ever seen in my life. Why's your door open? Keanu. Keanu! I'm sorry. Oh, stop, stop, bro. I just saw Keanu oh, yesterday. I first, pers- I mean, I'm probably the one to start this one because I didn't have very high hopes for this. I don't particularly care for Key and Peel. So I wasn't really Shots fired. for this. <laughs> Shots and fired? I know I'm not in, you know, kind company here. And Realistically, yes. the movie was fine. I I didn't hate it. It just was kind of bland for me. I think with all the hype that I've heard around Key and Peele, without having ever seen any of their things, I was expecting it to be a lot funnier, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Tyler, actually, several years ago, got me into Key and Peele, um, their original video that... I think it was one of the first ones that went viral. I, w- uh, I want to jump I in. Said, oh, oh, well, we, we can't we can't swear though, but you know. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't. I, say it. Yeah, I wanted but to that get video. in with a quip, but I you know shouldn't swear. Yeah. So. Yeah. We don't really want to have to bleep you out. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Ron. You hear? <laughs> oh, Reason. The, the name of Aaron was forever ruined by yep. that show. Um, so yeah, I've been a fan of them for a long time now. Um, I love their skits. Uh, they're probably the best part about the Comedy Central uh, channel on YouTube. Um, so each week, I'd be super excited when they would post something new. Uh, so I had a lot of high hopes for this movie. Um, and I feel like every every Keaton Peele fan also had really high hopes for this movie. And I think that in our minds, we kind of like amplified this movie to be that it's going to be the greatest comedy movie ever Mere made. Mere mythic proportions. Right, because, I mean, in my opinion, they are a very good comedic duo. A lot of people would agree with that. But this was their first big motion picture film. Writing it, um, starring in it, they helped it. They helped with uh, directing a little bit and producing as well. Um, so they had a lot of uh, a lot of influence in this movie. I definitely thought it was funny. Um, I, I did enjoy it. However, I thought that it was going to be 
like one of the best comedies that I've seen in a long time. And it wasn't that. No. So I felt like I was a little bit disappointed, but I feel like that's on me more than anybody else. Um, because as a first standalone film, like if nobody had ever heard of Key and Peele, they'd be like, oh, this is a really good debut from these two new comedic duo people. Well, so, one, th- one thing I wanted to get into too was do you think that being such big fans of Key and Peele almost made us like the movie less? than someone who had not seen them before but also liked that style of comedy. I'd agree with that, yeah. I would. Be- because, like, okay, we, we should probably hit a quick rewind and just say what this movie's about really quick. So the the, the movie is essentially about um, these two guys. Uh, I think they're family ones. They're cousins, uh, yeah. Cousins, yeah. And they get a gangster cat after a dr- drug deal goes wrong and this cat escapes and one of the cousins winds up with this cat. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that Everyone really wants this cat because it's so adorable. It is and a very cute kitten. Essentially, it is a completely CGI kitten. Completely CGI, awesome. It was actually kitten. a dog in an outfit <laughs> with bulbs on him. Was it, was it a tiny dog at least? It was a tiny dog. Okay. It's very cute. I would hope. But that's what it but, was. Uh, but yeah, and it, it's essentially it plays out that they have to infiltrate this gang and pretend to be someone they're not to rescue this kitten that they love so much or one of them loves so much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the basic premise of the story. And the the whole movie itself almost felt like one of their tamer skits kind of drawn out for a long period of time. And uh, I don't know. I was like, I, it definitely didn't live up to my hopes, that's for sure. But I, I, it was a put-together movie, and that's you know sounds like a negative thing to say, but there are plenty of really dumb comedies out there that just don't pay any respect to like, you know, how to make a movie, period. Like, mm-hmm. things are brought up at the beginning that become important at the end, and just natural plot structure was respected to a degree. And there were plenty of you know funny bits, even if the film as a whole didn't hit on all levels i feel like they they kind of just didn't stick the landing on a lot of things but i mean for a first time i you know i appreciate what they did with this movie like yeah I enjoyed for, the, it. for the first go around my biggest fear about this movie going into it was i wasn't sure how they were gonna do when they made something that was longer than like a five six minute skit so that was a big challenge for them to do and prove that they could actually make something worthy of like cinema yeah uh so they did a good job with that and like you said they also did pay respects to like actually good film plot structure and it was funny for sure not side splitting like i thought that it might have been um before actually seeing the movie but it also did a very good job the writing was good uh the directing was pretty good it challenges uh social stereotypes um and cultural norms (laughs) 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 my favorite scene in the movie by far is uh the minivan scene. Yeah. Minivan. Yeah. So good. So good. I this may this is maybe a drawing a long connection, but I feel like having watched so much Key and Peel, it reminds me a lot of Community that was also directed by the Russo brothers, just because their 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 main genre is comedy within both of those shows. But if you watch the shows, they have a pretty good filmmaking range when it comes to doing dramatic sequences mm-hmm. and comedic sequences. Like Community has some, you know, like those paintball episodes they have are incredibly exciting and incredibly well done and you can tell you can see that action in the Captain America movies and I think you know both of those series on their own are like comedy but a bit of a step up you know intelligent comedy not just slapstick it's yeah it's not even just intelligent though it's that there's really good production value and quality and you know the directing and you know the art of it I felt the biggest strength of the movie Mm -hmm. um, wasn't necessarily the humor 
that I originally thought it was going to be. For me, I felt it was uh, the relationship between the two main characters, um, Key and Peele. Um, obviously, they've been doing this comedy bit for a long time. They have built a proven chemistry together mm-hmm. through their show. Mm-hmm. Um, so they know each other. They know how to read each other, bounce off each other. Um, so even if like there wasn't a joke and they were just like talking, like some of that was still even funny, like slight chuckles. Not necessarily like burst out laughing, but like they were just fun to watch. And I feel like that'll be the best part of this movie for somebody. Even if you haven't heard of Keaton Peel, um, you should check them out. But even if you haven't heard of them, uh, I feel like you'll get a sense that these two really have a good chemistry. And I don't think that that's really found a whole lot in film because you don't really see a whole lot of comedy groups like doing films together. Um, they're just, you know, two stars Amy, put together Amy in a movie. Schumer will go do her thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please no. And I mean, yeah. one thing to keep in mind, too, is you can see their talent together and other, and other things. Like, this isn't, you know, a film, but it's on the almost on the same level. But the TV show Fargo, yeah. they had a supporting role in for, like, the last half of season one. Mm-hmm. And they were great in everything they were in. Like They were really good. I, I really enjoyed them in that. Yep. And They've said that they're going to make more movies. They're going to start. Um, they want to. Um, and I don't have any issue with that. I feel like they'll for sure get funding for it because this movie has oh, done definitely. pretty well. So for the first installment of the film, I think it was a definite success. Yeah, I can't Oh yeah, I I want them to keep kind of like going towards the side of like Edgar Wright and like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz because that's that really stylistic level of comedy that they are essentially doing but not quite at that filmmaking level that he hits with like Scott Pilgrim and they'll get there all of that yeah so for me I definitely feel like this is a see it movie Um, it's definitely it's definitely a good movie it'll give you some laughs if you haven't seen it by now I would suggest. And if you especially haven't heard of Key and Peele, um, I would suggest that you see this movie before you watch their skits. Um, I feel like if you watch their skits, you're going to have a little bit more of a bias before you go see this movie, and it might alter the movie outcome for you for a little bit. But I would for sure go see uh, go see it, guys. I'm, I'm definitely torn between a see it and a rent it, because it's definitely not a theater experience per se. Like, Tiffany and I saw it at 10 o'clock, at a movie theater, which Megan and Jonathan were also in, that we didn't, we were surprised. I'm gonna lean slightly towards rent it because I don't think it's necessary to see in theaters right now, and there are a lot of other good movies out. But definitely rent it or bargain matinee it. I'd I agree. agree with that. Um, rent it as well. I think, as far as Nick said about if you're familiar with Key and Peele, you know, or if you're not familiar with Key and Peele, actually, definitely see it before you see any of their other things, mm. so that you don't have a baseline to go off of. Yep. Um, if you, you know, if you like to see things with a lot of people in a theater, then sure, this is you'll have other people that are laughing at it and might make you laugh too. But for me personally, I'd say rent it. But right. do watch Definitely. the show. <laughs> yeah, after no, you see of course. The movie. Right, right. It it uh, it has slightly better than the normal fifty fifty ratio of skit shows. Usually they're more like a 70-30 good bad, like 70 bad, 30 good, but I say Key and Peel is a good 50-50 split. Well, let's uh let's move on to the star of our show here, Captain America Civil War. Washington DC. Sokovia. Okay, that's enough. Captain People are afraid. 
That's why I'm here. We need to be put in check. Whatever form that takes, I'm game. I'm sorry, Tony. If I see a situation pointed south, I can't ignore it. Sometimes I wish I could. Sometimes I want to punch you in your perfect teeth. Track how many Marvel films we've had now? A lot. Um, but this is <laughs> Let's the count them out, guys. Installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Captain America: Civil War is loosely, loosely, loosely based on a comic run <laughs> from the early '90s, I believe. But if you've ever seen, if you've seen any of the trailers, their big thing is it's superheroes and they're gonna fight because someone's right and someone's wrong, and. Someone stole someone's food. <laughs> yes. The cat disappeared. They stole the cat. <laughs> they stole somebody's shawarma. <laughs> Zing. Uh, so our, uh, we've got our most of our Avengers cast back for this, plus a lot of our other miscellaneous characters have come to visit for our big fight here for Civil War. And, and some new faces. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we have a couple new faces that we will be getting solo movies for shortly, which is yes. exciting because Marvel can currently seems to do no wrong whatsoever. They managed to make Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy popular and funny. They managed to take one of the darker storylines in Marvel's recent history and not only make it a good story, but also make it funny and not as dark as it could have been but you know we have highly paid actors that still want to keep making money oh yeah so they're kind of tied with that uh nick what were your thoughts uh i loved this movie i mean any comic book nerd or anybody who loves nerd <laughs> or anybody who loves action superhero <laughs> movies you've been looking at this movie for a long time and i was no different i i loved this movie i was super excited for it um i feel like it delivered on everything that I was hoping that it would, and then some as well. Um, the action was extremely well done. Uh, the Russo brothers, they do an excellent job with action. Um, a lot of close-up shots, um, which add intensity. And then also, like, like we said, it's very funny as well. And then there's also this dark theme throughout the movie. These friends are fighting each other to the point where they're almost even trying to kill each other. And it's it's dark. It's sad. Uh, you have a lot of fun watching this movie, but at the same time, there's this kind of heavy overtone because you're rooting for both sides and you can honestly see the point of view from each of these characters. Um, and that's also one of the strengths of this movie. Um, if you could only really relate to one side, I feel like the movie wouldn't have been nearly as good. But you can definitely see the points of view from both sides. Even if you tend to agree with one side more than the other, you can still see the point of view of the other side. And it still makes sense. It's a really heavy feeling um, of friendships getting tested, uh, loyalties being tested as well, lines being drawn, and uh, it's it's a heavy movie. Um, I loved it, but see what other people think. I mean, I've I've seen it twice now, and on on you know first viewing, I absolutely adored it. Like it honestly feels just like another Avengers film in a way, but I think a more interesting one at that in some ways. 
I definitely liked it more than Age of Ultron, but maybe more, maybe not as much as the original. Um, I think honestly, as a movie, it is not as tight as something like Civil, like uh, not Civil War, but Winter Soldier was mm-hmm. as a movie. But that's one of those things you kind of get into when you have this many characters. And so, like as as a movie, I had more fun with it than most other Marvel other Marvel Marvel movies I've seen. But as a movie itself, it, it definitely feels like it's a little little scattered especially for the first half of the movie, which is one of my small qualms with it. But overall, it's a ton of fun. And they introduce so many characters, like everyone should know by now, like Spider-Man and Black Panther are in the movie. And they are given a respectable amount of screen time, which is good. It's not just like a shoehorned in thing. Little fun, fun fact. fact. That, uh, Spider-Man has more yes. lines in Captain America's Superman. Superman has in his own movie. Oh my God, yeah. That's that's sad. <laughs> that's just a statement on the Marvel versus DC thing, which it it is kind of funny though too to look and see how like the 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 title characters in these movies are getting less and less important. Like I feel like if there were two more Captain America movies, he would just be a supporting character because oh, he's been got, dropping down in importance in each of his movies. They've got such a plan for all of these movies that they're just slapping a title with a name in it. They don't really care. It's all one big thing. So <laughs> you know we've got Captain America: Civil War, and yeah, he's there, but Iron Man's just as important. The introduction of Chala. Uh, or Black Panther is important. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's important. And it's, I think they just can't keep calling it Avengers 1 through 30. So mm-hmm. they're going to yeah. pretend that it's a different character every time. That's the main focus. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun with it. Like, after seeing it twice, it didn't hold up as well as for me. Like, it wasn't the shining beacon of hope that I, I came out of it. It's the first time seeing it. But, you know, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And Spider-Man was an excellent inclusion. As long as Sony does not royally mess up the series again. Because they still are the ones controlling the next one, I think. Kind of. Um, I'm sure Sony with plenty of Marvel oversight. Has the rights. And they have final say, quote unquote on everything that ends up in the actual Spider-Man movie. But they also said that they had to approve everything that Spider-Man did in any Marvel appearance. So so it's like a divorced parents kind of thing. Yes, it's <laughs> ridiculously like divorced parents. Um, I think really they're just... Sony's excited that Spider-Man might be able to make them more money and be done well, that they can keep it going. So I think they're going to let Marvel do whatever they need to to make that happen for them. So... Yeah, technically Sony has a say, but I think really it's just Marvel can do whatever they want. They're going to flash a big shiny check in front of Sony. Uh-huh. And Sony's going to be like, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, sure, you can make him purple, do whatever you want. <laughs> Give I him mean, a pink suit for breast cancer awareness. Why not? <laughs> we have Sony choosing to name the director as Mark Webb. I don't know if that was just a little name tie in or if they actually thought he was the best one to direct the movies. <laughs> oh, that's that's really? That's the name oh, of the director funny. for the Amazing that's Spider Man. But um, <laughs> one, one other thing I want to touch on this too is that I really did not know how they were going to do this movie. Like you mentioned, how it could could have been darker mm-hmm. like the comics were but i knew that it really couldn't be that dark deep down because they build up all these characters that you care about and they show them having this very you know right. this good relationship so you can't just destroy that but you can't oh yeah Tyler let it stay the same <laughs> what was my theory <laughs> no. did i lose this one <laughs> but no like um essentially it's a, it's a very difficult balancing act to have a movie about conflict when everyone that you care about in the movie is essentially a good guy 
well, and this is this is the more cynical part of me. Everybody signed nine picture deals when they started this venture, so you can't really kill someone who still has three pictures left in their contract or more. Yeah. So and they or they could, but they won't because they you know that's a contract that they'd have to cut out that they would have to violate themselves, and they're not, Marvel's not going to do that. So you can't kill one of your characters that still has contract with you. See, in the, I don't think we were ever in fear of losing major characters. There were like, that's well, spoiling. There were minor characters that. Spoiler alert maybe. for anybody who saw the wants trailer. To ever read the comics? Mute for a few minutes. Do you mind if I spoil something? I've, I've heard one thing from the comics that was supposed to happen. Do it. In America. That, well, that was one, but also that's apparently... That's why that movie was almost ruined for me. That's why oh, he didn't want to see it? <laughs> yeah, he's like, Captain America dies in that movie, and I'm like, great, now I don't want to see it. <laughs> Depression. <laughs> I don't know. I also heard that giant Ant-Man gets blown up or has a hole blown through him in one of the Civil Wars, too. Like That's also yes. a thing. And no offense, but you cannot just kill Paul Rudd <laughs> after, a movie after one movie like that can't happen like no Ant-Man's like my favorite part of that movie <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good scene it that was, was a great scene that yeah. airport scene was amazing it's it was so that really was the best superhero so, showcase <laughs> so we saw this okay so the first day we saw it we saw it on opening night we saw it in 3D we saw it the next day in 2D and then we saw it later the next week in IMAX 3D and with the IMAX showing, the Russo brothers have a spot at the beginning about, we're really excited that you came to see this at IMAX because we filmed this one scene that we're pretty sure that's the only reason that you're all here to see in IMAX. So it's supposed to be bigger. It's going to look bigger. It's going to look better. We're really excited that you're here to see it. It looked amazing because yeah. it's the airport scene. Mm -hmm. And it was, oh my gosh, it was just amazing. It looked so pretty. I bet. Can we say that the 3D was pretty useless, though? Oh, absolutely. I I can't stand 3D anyway, but we didn't really have a choice for opening night. And there was not much. IMAX, it was either see it then or not see yeah. it. Yeah. No depth, really, to the 3D. Or are we getting so used to it that we don't notice? Ooh. I mean, I, I still remember seeing Avatar in theaters and the great amount of depth there. And, like, I, I, don't, I don't want Captain America throwing the shield in my face for half a movie. But, you know, I do it's expect like some... It's not like a kid's movie in 3D where, like, that's just, like, everything is going to come at you or, like, bounce out of the frame. Hmm. So is going to flap to my face and stop and then back up. <laughs> like, whoa, Iron Man, that was too close. Get out of my bubble, man. <laughs> I don't know what else. A couple other things. Uh, you addressed that you felt like... It was scattered? Uh, yeah, scattered. Like, there was a couple different topics or themes. I, like, one thing they use a lot in the movie is they use a lot, like, a few date changes and a few just title cards for locations. And the movie really just... I know that I understand that this style of movie really can't take place in one central area, but it felt like it was really just kind of trying to set itself up essentially a lot and it was just bouncing uh, like, okay we're in london now okay we're in berlin okay we're in Berchikov or wherever that other one was other i can't remember the name places. of it Berseldorf. no some place on a mountain Berkado. <laughs> it was with a b i'm pretty <laughs> sure <Berkeber. laughs> um the first half i felt like was very political almost and almost asked like higher like philosophical questions almost 
these are superheroes. Uh, some of them are superhuman. Uh, I mean, Vision is a, what would you even call him? He's a, a cyborg. Casper the friendly ghost man. Cyborg super god. He's something. He's something. <laughs> he's, he's just something. He's something he's else, something. man. He's his, own, he's his own category. Yeah. That's not really a good one to start with. What, and then uh, what and then category Thor, mutant who's a god. Be? Basically a demigod. You can't use the word mutant in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You have to go with uh, Miracle. Oh, I'm sorry, 20th Century <laughs> Fox, if I cross the well. line. There. Come on now. But anyway, so yeah, it's. I felt like it asked, asked some good questions like, do these people who are superhuman or have special abilities, should they answer to a power or a government that technically is like below them, but should they answer to a higher power? Just because you have the ability to, to do something, should you do something? And where a lot of people would see it as obvious like oh they've just because they've maybe killed some people along the way not intentionally but through accidents even though they've saved so much more people um are what they doing or what they doing still okay and um that one ele- elevator scene with the mom and tony stark uh that was a very powerful scene because it really brought it down to a personal level while they've saved so many hundreds and thousands of lives there's still people who have lost sons, daughters, husbands, wives. So it's definitely brings it down to a personal level, which was really touching and emotional for sure. So you th- and like one reason this movie succeeds so much is that it keeps a very basic emotional level as its you know theme. It's essentially about guilt and revenge, and it's something that's understandable. It's not like. A Martha thing. <laughs> yeah. Batman versus Superman. Martha. Like you understand the character motivations and you get to see it play out and it makes sense. It's not like oh, bad. difficult or complicated. <laughs> that is so bad. That can be a whole separate uh, episode here. We can have a Marvel versus DC. We could we could do a spoiler bash off of yeah. oh, so bad. I had I had a thought and then I lost a thought. <laughs> I mean, I think as far as the political standpoint or political view on it, it's something that Marvel's been doing really well with um, in making each film have a little more to do with things that are actually happening around us and around the world and making things not just complete fantasy and making, like, this is a real thing. Are people, is it okay that they're policed by their government and what they do and can't do? Or, you know, is it certain people can, certain people can't decide what the Avengers get to do, or, you know, anybody in general. And they make those really big questions, those big points, but they make them so that, yeah, you can think about it, and you don't have to, like, it's not a depressing movie, it's not, like, a super heavy movie, but those points are still there. And that's why Marvel's better than DC. Point number 740? Something. There's, there's plenty yeah. of points. Yeah. I, I do want to get a quick discussion going, too. I read a few reviews that talk about the whole... This was in Batman vs. Superman super lightly, but the whole focus on, like, you know, the human casualty and the access to superheroes. Mm-hmm. There have been, like, some reviews that have said that, like, essentially we understand that this is a part of the movies now, but some review, some reviewers just want to be like, I want to have a fun superhero movie We're and no not worry cares. about the preaching about casualties well and i think that's part of what makes that airport scene so fun like they're at an abandoned airfield yeah no one is there besides them so whatever they destroy they're not harming anyone else like 
Mm-hmm. Yes, they're destroying buildings and airplanes and things, but no one else is dying. Like, no one's dying because of things that they're doing. Like, they're fighting each other somewhere where they are completely excluded from everyone else. So they and that's, don't have the possibility of harming other people. Yeah, and that's another thing that I really liked about this movie. Even though it has such a huge cast and all of these superheroes, it had a much more small feeling for me. Um, it's just these superheroes fighting each other. It's not involving New York City or you're fighting on top of an of an asteroid, essentially, that'll <laughs> so, kill no. everybody on Earth. Except for like, the opening scene. That's, that's going to be Thor 3. That's true. Those Right, Thor three. Yeah. Bit of throwing in Zemo here and there. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part, yeah. It had a very small personal feeling to it, which I liked because it made the movie a little bit more believable. Whereas like the Avengers movies, they're super fun, of course, but they get a little over the top um, sometimes. I think. But I mean, that's the point (laughs) of them too, especially. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, these movies, um, this movie, it just had that small feeling, which I felt was a little bit refreshing. I want to talk about Black Panther. Okay. Really quick. <laughs> Let's talk about Black Panther. I, I want to just talk about we Black, gotta talk about Black Panther. I am so excited for a Black Panther movie because this character was complete tank. I loved his character. Um, not literally a tank. He was not a tank, literally. But again, Marvel, not DC. We're okay here. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a fantastic character. Great actor. Uh, he did a fantastic job. He was personable. Like you, you liked him. You rooted for him. You felt awful. Um, what happened to him in the movie? So he was just a great character, and then his outfit was oh, it was it was sexy. It was a good outfit. <laughs> it was nice. It, not not quite as good as Ant Man's outfit, I don't think. <laughs> uh, but it was intimidating. It was it looked nice and sharp. Kind of pun intended with his nails or his talons. But he was just a fantastic character, and I can't wait for the movie, which I believe is 2018. That's a ways uh, off. I feel like it's, it's sooner. 17. 17, I know, is uh, uh, oh, 17 is Spider Man. Spider Man Homecoming, 2017. Did you hear? Okay, did did you hear that? Uh, he improvised his accent for most of that movie. And I just thought of another news story just now. I don't know if anyone else got this one, but we'll sideline that for later. The director for Black Panther, he's actually worked. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. He's done fantastic work. So yes, he has. I can only imagine. He that should him, have been nominated for Creed. Well, absolutely, yeah. but. Again, separate issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ryan Coogler is back with that with um, Chadwick Boseman, and they just cast Michael B. Jordan, who as the villain. As the villain. Yep. So it's gonna be a very interesting movie. They they might have just Fan dashed dash the hopes of Fantastic Four sequel with oh, that, that was casting. Oh, that dashed when they <laughs> when it premiered and made peanuts. What are our thoughts on Spider-Man? Perfect. Peter Parker. I thought he was brilliant. He he was honestly the youngest and the strongest Spider-Man, and so yeah. I am really excited to see what they do with I'm that. I'm very excited. What about a young, hot Aunt May? That was kind of different. No, I, I'm yeah. glad they made jokes Aunt's about it, because if they yeah. hadn't made jokes about it, I would have been like, come on now. It was a little different, but I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, Marissa Tomei it's, is about like 53, isn't she? It's not the biggest deal. If she's supposed to be his aunt, she really shouldn't be 50 years older than him, you know. Mm-mm. So That's a it's fitting. Thirty something year gap. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Spider-Man was only what like young in high school. How old was Tobey Maguire when he was in the first Spider-Man movie? How old? Because oh, he did not look like high school. But I mean, he's always had that boyish face. I mean, he still yeah. has a boy face, and he's like mid forties. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, we don't have to convince you guys to see this movie. You've probably already seen this movie once or twice already. But it's the first sure see it. Obviously, see it a couple times. So good. See it. See it. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let's uh, let's move on to our top fives. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Top five this week is our I top five know. superhero movies, um, excluding Captain America Civil War. So, I'll start my number five, and this is purely for the fun factor, is Guardians of the Galaxy. I fully expected to hate it because it looked absolutely terrible and ridiculous when I saw it, but they it's a really fun time set in space with some an awesome soundtrack, and uh, Chris Pratt is hysterical. So, oh yeah, for that. I would say it's m- more than just a fun factor, but I'll get into that later. <laughs> I'm gonna pick a couple that I feel like maybe you. You didn't guys solidify won't. your list. No, I did. I did. There's there's just a lot of movies that could easily be interchangeable if, in my top if, five. If you're gonna interchange out everyone that gets said. Number five, I'm gonna give to Unbreakable by M Night Shyamalan. I love this movie. I think it's really good. Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, they both do an incredible job. It's a slow building thriller. 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 Yeah, thriller. you'd call it a thriller. thriller um, but it's a great movie. Uh, not a whole lot of people have seen it, I don't think. But it's not enough. It's one of M. Night Shyamalan's best movies, I feel. Very artistic, good directing, good writing. Ending. Could have been better if it didn't include so, like, like the cheesy title card. Yeah, the subtitle card. Just yeah. get rid of that, and it'd be a really good movie. But yeah, great movie. That's num- That's my number five. My number five. I, I had tough with like I, I really t- wanted to mix it up, and so I try not to do too much of just Marvel because it's easy to do that. But I chose uh, Big Hero Six. Like oh, yeah. I thought, Disney with Big Hero Six made a really you know it's 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 tough to make a superhero movie that can appeal to kids and adults because usually it's one or the other. It seems like like the Marvel like in terms of animated like there are plenty of animated kids superhero movies that adults might not be able to enjoy. But I think Big Hero Six you know is a really mature animated movie that deals with a lot of you know issues like loss of family and you know many many other really big topics. But it's overall it's a fun. Su- superhero movie and it's incredibly well animated was it san fran san fran tokyo san fran tokyo was an awesome setting to have all right um my number four i am sticking with my marvel again captain america's winter soldier it was potentially the best it took a lot it took a very firm stance and it stuck with it for the entire movie it didn't lose it at all and it's got a it's the pacing and it's fantastic the the plot is actually pretty consistently there like there's not big gaping holes anywhere there's not our loose ends here and there and it it takes the political i don't i want to say spy thriller but that's not really the genre that i'm thinking of and it it puts a superhero in and it does it well so that's what i'm i agree very much so. My number four is Deadpool. So you're gonna do a superhero landing. Wait for it. Woo! Superhero landing. Yeah, that's really hard on your knees. Totally impractical. They all do it. You're a lovely lady, but I'm saving myself for Francis. That's why I brought him. I prefer not to hit a woman, so please play. I mean, that's why I brought her? 
Oh, no, finish your tweet. It's not, that's fine. Just give us a second. There you go. Hashtag it. Go get her, Tiger. Uh, the anti-superhero. Deadpool was a fantastic movie. Um, I loved it. Uh, I couldn't wait to get it on Blu-ray. It's just a fantastic movie. Ryan Reynolds is absolutely perfect as Deadpool. He was made to be Deadpool. Um, God's that, perfect that, little that's idiot. That's why he was spawned into this world. Yeah, right. To play, Deadpool. to play Deadpool. God's like, you are designed for one thing. <laughs> Deadpool. But it's just a great movie. A uh, very simple plot. Uh, I don't think this movie tried to do too much. They just were happy that they were able to make a Deadpool movie and to actually make a rated R version Deadpool the way that Deadpool should be made. Without Ryan Reynolds no. throwing all of his money at it. Right. But it was just a great movie. Uh, everybody who has seen it at least liked it. Um, I don't think I've really talked to too many people other than John who doesn't like Deadpool. He doesn't. Because we talk Thank about you. this all the time because I loved the movie. I <laughs> thought it was fantastic. He just, that's not his style of comedy. Like what, good comedy? Well, yes. Yeah. He does, it's not his thing. Ah. So doesn't have a dirty doesn't, mind. Doesn't, it's true. <laughs> He's too he pure. Hate it, but it's just it's not it's not Captain America. I mean, I can I can I can understand that. I can I can understand. You that. do admit though, the Deadpool and X Men Origins was far superior. I the mean, one without a mouth and with laser I'm eyes. I'm kind of disappointed oh. that they didn't do that. <laughs> I love how this movie makes fun of itself. Like it's past it's past failure as Deadpool. Oh yeah, um, and Green Lantern <laughs> and Green Lantern. Yeah, I mean, I saw it three times in theaters. I own it on DVD, and I've seen it again since I bought it. So I just love it. It's definitely definitely deserves to be in a top five. All right, my number four is the, the essentially the starter for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the first Iron Man. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Okay. okay go. You've been called the Da Vinci of our time. What do you say to that? Absolutely ridiculous. I don't paint. And what do you say to your other nickname, the Merchant of Death? That's not bad. Let me guess. Berkeley? Brown, actually. Well, Ms. Brown, it's an imperfect world, but it's the only one we've got. I guarantee you the day weapons are no longer needed to keep the peace, I'll start making bricks and beams for baby hospitals. You rehearse that much? Every night in front of the mirror before bedtime. I can see that. I'd like to show you firsthand. All I want is a serious answer. Okay, you're serious. My old man had a philosophy. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. That's a great line coming from the guy selling the sticks. My father helped defeat the Nazis. He worked on the Manhattan Project. A lot of people, including your professors at Brown, would call that being a hero. And a lot of people would also call that war profiteering. Tell me, do you plan to report on the millions we've saved by advancing medical technology or kept from starvation with our IntelliCrops? All those breakthroughs. The first Iron Man is definitely, I, I think, honestly, it's probably Marvel's most well-rounded film as a whole, just being able to stand by itself. And it's just, I still remember seeing it when I was in high school, and it's just so much, it's so cool and entertaining and fun. It's funny, it's dramatic, and it's, you know, it's it's well-contained, like, within itself. Like, in a way, like, it has its plot, it does it. And I honestly, like, I, I do love the first Iron Man. I still don't own a Blu-ray copy, and I feel bad about that, but I still have my DVD laying around here somewhere. So, uh, yeah, my number four is Iron Man 1. Uh, my number three is X-Men First Class. The real enemy is out there. I feel their guns moving in the water, targeting us. Go ahead, Charles. Tell me I'm wrong. It, uh, to me, is a great way for 
any franchise to kind of reboot itself. Um, we keep a lot of the same characters. We went back in time to the 60s, and they did it well. We are introduced to all of these characters again appropriately so that, you know, you don't have to have seen X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men 3 to understand what's going on in first class. And they picked great actors for this round. Um, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender are fantastic. And then Jennifer Lawrence and... Um, Nicholas but, Holt yes, Beast? Yes, that is what I was going to talk about. Jennifer Lawrence and Nicholas Holt were good as well. Um, but just, I, don't, I think they casted Fassbender and McAvoy absolutely perfectly to play younger um, Stuart and... Uh, yeah. Having Matthew Vaughn as a director too really helped give it its own oh, distinct absolutely. flavor as a movie. It tastes so good. It tasted so good. <laughs> First Class and Iron Man have both made my honorable mentions, so they were very close. <laughs> Where were they before you moved them to your honorable mentions? <laughs> Iron Man was number five. Iron Man was number five. But a lot of these are just very entertaining. We, we are going to nail you down soon. List. Number three for me is Kick-Ass 2. Um, I really enjoy the Kick-Ass movies. Over number one? I like number two better than number one. Interesting. Okay. I do. I like them. I'm um, not saying I don't like them. I'm just saying I, most people that I know like the first one better than the second. So. I like the second one better. I like it when they're a little bit older, a little bit more, I don't know, set as being their character. I mean, they could both easily go um, as being... I wouldn't say that number two is better than number one. I just think I enjoyed it a little bit more. But both are very good movies. I'll, I'll just say the Kick-Ass series, the number one and number two. Um, I just, both both movies are very good. They're fresh. They're new. It's a fun character. Hit Girl is a great little character. I'm kind of disappointed that she never got a spinoff movie or that they never just made a Kick-Ass 3. Well, number two got leaked uh, several weeks before it came out to theaters, so it did not do very good uh, when it came time to hit the theaters, which is very sad. The fans kind of ruined the series. I do have to watch number yeah. one again. Um, but yeah, they're great movies. If you haven't seen them, not a lot of people have seen the Kick-Ass movies. Really? Um, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who haven't seen them before. Hmm. So if you haven't seen those movies, go check them out because they're definitely worth it. A lot of fun. All right. My number three has already been said once, but it's Unbreakable in my Shyamalan. Ah, it's, uh, I didn't think you were going to pick it. No, that was that was my number three. Aww. You know, on, honestly, like I, I, I you, haven't bought this movie yet because it's been like... I can't really find it in a store easily, and I have to order online. I keep forgetting to. And it's on Netflix. Is it still on Netflix? Yeah, it's still on Netflix. Okay, we'll have to watch that again. <laughs> it's it's honestly kind of bizarre that this movie came out just when superhero movies were starting to pick up more, and it's honestly one of the most mature and thoughtful explorations of the superhero genre and the superhero origin story that has ever been released. And you know, M Night Shyamalan made some fantastic films before he fell off the wagon, but yeah. uh, he's he's trying to climb back. He tried to climb back out with the visit, and he was doing okay. So. You know, uh, the, I, I enjoyed the visit, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, Un Unbreakable is my number three. My number two is Marvel's The Avengers one. I had seen the previous Marvel movies, Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and then The Avengers came out, and I was just in awe that they managed to throw all these people into a movie, and I didn't hate it. Oh God, this was 2011, so we're going five years ago. And it, you could tell it was, they wanted it to be something big, and they pulled that off. And it, you know, it wasn't, they weren't trying to make themselves have a small movie there. They were, they wanted a big movie, and they got a big movie, and they made a, big, a very good big movie. 
and I, I mean, I'll throw that on when I have, like, things to do that I don't need to pay attention to the whole movie, but I just like having it on, and I'll still laugh at the same, you know, at different things, and you always catch something different that maybe I forgot about, because, you know. Doth mother know you took her drapes? <laughs> weareth. <laughs> or weareth, yes. <laughs> sorry, I just yeah. watched it Right. Week, so. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. There's not a whole lot more that I can really say. I feel like we've talked about the Avengers and yeah, the Marvel Cinematic Universe a lot today. Avengers is, is the Avengers. Avengers. It's yeah. a fantastic movie. Can't, can't argue with that. Uh, number two for me is Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which has already been said, but I'm not changing my number one and number two. Better not. I'm not going to change them. Um, Stand learning. Exactly. It's just a fun movie. Um, I honestly had no idea what the Guardians of the Galaxy was before seeing the movie. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody they were really, really obscure '70s comics. Nerds. Yeah, so like the nerds. I mean, what that was. The was nerds. Like, mm, yeah, I remember being in a theater. Um, I forget what I was seeing, but the first trailer of Guardians of the Galaxy came out, uh-huh. and there was like, these two people like way in the front of the the theater, and when the trailer came on, these two people were like, "Yeah!" And I like screamed, and I was like, "What?" And then I saw the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, "What the heck's the Guardians of the Galaxy?" Like, I had no idea. <laughs> so when this movie came out, I was just so surprised of how good it was, how fun it was. Uh, the cast: Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana. I always get her name confused. Batista, Bradley Cooper is uh, Rocket, and then Vin Diesel is Groot. Just a great cast. You loved them all. Just super fun. Uh, I can't wait for the second one. It's. I'm sure it'll be a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they have next. Fun fact about that. Jonathan and I were actually on a Disney cruise ship the night that it premiered. So they actually let everybody watch it at midnight, whatever Eastern time we were in, whatever time zone. And I was really afraid that there was going to be nobody at this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to be the only two people at this. Oh, no. The theater was packed like an hour before showtime and everybody mm. just oh, loved it. Good. It great. Nice. My uh, number two match is yours. I also have Guardians of the Galaxy. It is hands down my favorite Marvel movie and the one I've had the most fun with. Yep. It's a spectacular sci-fi film on top of being a superhero film. It's definitely more more sci-fi than superhero, but I mean, they're kind of blended together here. Yep. And honestly, I've rarely had, I think I saw it four or five times in theaters and I've really had more fun at a movie and then I just read an article recently about um, Steven Spielberg was naming his number one Marvel, his number one movie in the Marvel Universe and he picked Gar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and he said one thing he had to say about it was that it was had no it was not cynical in the least it was just it was fun and it's not easy to make a movie like that and it has its dramatic moments it has plenty of comedic moments yep. and it's just an incredibly impressive movie yep. and who else can make you fall in love with a talking raccoon and a grunting tree. Vin Diesel saying one word, Iron even less root. than uh, Iron Giant. We're down to our number ones. I think we'll all um, have the same number one. Yeah. <laughs> My number one is The Dark Knight. I, that movie is just, at the whole thing, absolutely fantastic. I was, oh, I was in college when it came out, and it, I mean, besides having, you know, Heath Ledger had died previous, or before the release of the movie, um, just everything, the, the suspense in it is fantastic. The acting is absolutely amazing. And, 
I mean, I've always really been a Batman fan because I grew up watching the Burton Batman and all the others. But it just, it was an absolutely perfect Batman movie. So, the one thing that DC has not screwed up. The one thing that Nolan didn't screw up. Yeah, Nolan. Before they got their hands on it as a movie franchise. so. So, Tyler spoiled it. But my number one is also The Dark Knight. I didn't even see yours. I just uh, assumed because yeah, you hadn't used a Batman it's movie It's The yet. Dark Knight. Of course it's The Dark Knight. It should be The Dark Knight. It's, if it's not The Dark Knight, then we all need to have a serious yeah, chat. Yeah, it's, it's such a good movie. Uh, the Joker is by far my favorite. I feel like he's probably my favorite character in any movie I've ever seen. Um, oh, Heath yeah. Leather's The Joker. Um, he's just spot on with how I picture the Joker to be. Heath Ledger did an Oscar-worthy performance and more. The movie is just fantastic. I, I, There's really nothing to say about it other than it's just the perfect Batman movie like Megan's did. You can't say there's nothing to say before it's my turn. <laughs> there's no, Tyler will just say The Dark Knight. Well, mine and one is also The Dark Knight and there's not, I guess, much I can add to this except one thing I've always appreciated about that movie is that it's universally adored by everyone. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies that's entertaining enough and it's a great film in terms of the way it's made that people who love film appreciate it and people who just like blockbusters appreciate it. So and that's I guess you'll difficult. Me if I say that I actually fall asleep in that movie. You fell asleep during the third one and we still haven't watched. <laughs> and the second one? <laughs> I fell asleep during Dark Knight. Oh, gosh. Uh, during Dark Knight Rises is understandable. Yeah, that occasionally slogs. But now we have something we have to do. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I've seen it since, but like when I first saw it it made me fall asleep <sighs> I just I don't know what oh, it was Tiffany. but yeah I'm sorry I'm you not make as sad. as you guys alright and your number one <laughs> you're gonna hate me my number one is Captain America which like, one the, the first, first one? one the first one the first one, one. The first mm. one. that's a good one mm-hmm. I've always loved Captain America and like the first one just made me fall more in love with him like I don't know it's just attached well he has a hot body well, after yeah. the serum thing too so that usually oh that Women like she's them. like no I like the skinny Seth Rogers <laughs> he was more you know, approachable it made me feel for him like <laughs> he's just this tiny little man that can't get a woman and then bam he's like a superhero but yet he can't get a woman now because he's too important and they send him off to other places to showcase his abilities and his abs his abs you gotta show off the abs no, of course they have to yeah. show off the abs and everything they did in Guardians his, of the Galaxy 2 he had a little bit of a flexing moment in Civil War yeah, that was did. a little bit indulgent I was just like okay Captain America it's in the trailer he's like holding <laughs> oh, on yeah. his helicopter he's holding it and then he flips so he can get a flexing position in which he yeah. would have lost the helicopter, but he needs it's to flex Captain a bit. That's not important, man. Those biceps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't lie, man. Mm-mm. All right. We have... All right. Do I do quick news stories? We're just gonna I have a few Marvel ones that I want to just toss Headliner, in. Headliner, real quick. Headliner, real quick. I've, I probably forgot about this, but Taiki Watiti is directing Thor Ragnarok, and he also directed What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Ooh. And I am super interested to see how he does Thor because it's Thor has not had a great so movie yet. Awesome. What? It has to the first be. Thor is not, not bad. They're it's not okay. bad, but it hasn't had that standout movie, and this That's is their true. last chance to have a standout Thor movie. Yes. 
and my other one was a news article from today about Iron Man 3, actually. Yes. There was a little bit of controversy about that because originally they, the director planned to have a female villain, mm-hmm. but Marvel themselves actually said that the toys wouldn't sell well enough, so they made them change... The villain. Yeah. I'm sorry if you haven't the, if you haven't seen Iron Man three. The villain is male, <laughs> and there was also <laughs> there was also controversy over. The, can, we, can we spoil Iron Man three? It's been a while. Um, spoil go, it. Yes, because it's been at least four years. So <laughs> in yeah, in in you Iron Man three. Plug yeah, <laughs> plug them and exit the podcast. There's not much else after this, but uh, essentially we have Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, who's supposed to be this very iconic Iron Man villain, and they kind of pull the rug out from under us and make the villain um, uh, what's his name Guy Aldrich Killian played by Guy Pierce yeah played by Guy Pierce and apparently that upset a lot of Marvel fans Mm -hmm. and Marvel actually released a video after the release of Iron Man 3 that almost rehints that the real Mandarin may have actually been Ben Kingsley and not Guy Pierce. And apparently, according to the director, Shane Black, who's directed The Nice Guys that we'll be reviewing next week, mm-hmm. uh, that was a choice on that Marvel made after the movie came out because they wanted to appease the fans who were upset. Hmm. Interesting. And so, you know, we, we do adore Marvel and all the things it gives us, but it is still a company, oh, yeah. and it still makes choices like not having female villains or... They still haven't given Black Widow a movie because her I don't, won't sell well. I don't think she will, sadly. I they could blend it in like Captain America and just make it like half Hulk, half Black Widow, and yeah. that'd be a movie. They, yeah, I mean they were kind of hemming and hawing about it after Civil War, like the days after Civil War was released, but they, they haven't talked about it since. So. Th- there'd be a whole lot of stunt model Scarlett Johansson, all that flying red hair where it's probably a guy, but <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Scarlett Johansson. Uh, okay. Any headline news real quick? Nothing? Mine was just Andy Serkis and his rendition of The Jungle Book. Oh, yes. How it's going to be, he quoted that this is going to be more darker and that it's okay if kids are frightened and scared by it because that's actually good for their development as kids, <laughs> which I agree. Um, yeah. I feel a darker version of this movie would actually be very entertaining. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, mine is that... DC's shooting itself in the foot before it even gets out of the gate by deciding that there's going to be Harley Quinn's uh, spin-off. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, that was just today. They announced it today. And God help us all. Spoiler, she's not going to die in this movie. Oh, is that oh. the one with the all-female cast? No, or I know I they were talking so. about something with like Maybe. Harley Quinn and having an all-female cast. I, mean, they, they, I didn't read that far into it. I just you know, thought, just on, yeah. on top of that, Aquaman is supposed to be very dark, according to director James Wan. So we get a darker DC movie. Oh, that they weren't dark yeah. enough. Because <laughs> that's oh. a good thing. That's what Grimmer. we did. Oh, boy. All right. And to wrap it up, um, next week we will be reviewing Neighbors 2 and The Nice Guys. And we will have a surprise top five for you while we uh, try and decide what we're going to do. We're going to cook something up. So... I'm signing off. I'll see you guys next time around. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Goodbye. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. 
let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Alrighty guys, it's Johnny G here, just kind of like the end of a Marvel movie. I'm going to be at the end of this episode. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, I'm just going to tell you guys my brief thoughts on Captain America Civil War. And then I'm going to talk to you guys about a contest we're going to be doing here at Filmology. Uh, for my thoughts on Captain America Civil War, uh, for, for the most part I agree with what everybody said. Uh, I want to just bring up a quick fact about the main villain of the movie, uh, Daniel Brühl. Nobody really mentioned him. I thought he was a fantastic or was is a fantastic actor. I have always been a Daniel Brühl fan for the past couple years now, and I think this movie shows... Uh, just how great of an actor he can be. He's menacing and manipulative, just with very subtle glances, just very subtle acting. He's not your big uh, uh, megalomaniac villain. He's just a, a a guy who's been spurned, wants his revenge, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get it. Uh, so I thought that was fantastic. As for when Tom Holland appeared as Peter Parker playing Spider-Man, I honestly had tears of joy coming down my face. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I've always been a huge Spider-Man fan. And that was, is Peter Parker. I'm incredibly excited to see what happens with his own film series now. And I, I, I can't really go much further than that with uh, Spider-Man. The, the film is fantastic. It should be seen by everybody. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm not sure what you're doing. This is one of the biggest movies. Well, right now it's the biggest movie of the year. I just crossed a billion dollars yesterday, I believe. So if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not sure what you're doing. So go out and see that. And for the contest that we're doing on Filmology, uh, quite simple for this, uh, we have a... Uh, trade paperback, trade paperback copy of Captain America: Civil War. Um, well, not Captain America, just plain Civil War. The uh, inspiration, the 2005-2004 event comic from Marvel. It's a great uh, series. It's uh, the movie drew a lot of inspiration from it. So if you like the movie, I would definitely uh, like to have the comic. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, we're also giving away. Uh, well, it's one giant package. So you, you you get the Captain America trade paperback comic, and then you would also get a Pop Funko of uh, Captain America and Iron Man from the Captain America Civil War line. So uh, you're probably wondering how to win this uh, awesome prize. It's quite simple. All you have to do is go to the Facebook uh, Filmology page and like it. Everyone who's liked it, is going to be entered in for the chance to win this awesome prize. We'll keep the we'll keep the contest going throughout the week. We'll end it not on next week's show when we are going to be reviewing the nice guys and neighbors too, but when we review whatever comes out that week after, which I'm looking up right now. I didn't plan that far ahead. So when we review X-Men Apocalypse, Alice Through the Looking Glass. So when we review those movies, so when, when we get to the next comic book movie, uh, that contest will be over. I'll announce the winner on the show. Just uh, message me on Facebook, send me an email, something, so we can get that stuff out to you. 
Guys, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, wondering why I don't like Deadpool, wondering why Nick loves the Kick-Ass 2, anything like that, just comment on Facebook. Everyone has access to the page. They can message you, message uh, right back on the wall, anything like that. Or you can email us at filmologyshow at gmail.com. Until next week, guys, this is Johnny G signing off. Enjoy your weekend film.